0: Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of The Top DC. Adam O'Donnell here. On this episode, I speak to Charlie and Eric of Bling Capital. One of the most impactful things that I heard was things that you shouldn't do, which we, this one should go without saying, but too many founders do it. I did it and fell for it in the past. A lot of founders are always pushing the envelope in terms of what do they have built, where the actual revenue is, all of those things you're always trying to lead ahead and, and carry that momentum, but but do not let it ever be deceitful. And one of the biggest pet peeves that they talked about is not hiding and padding your numbers. For example, don't say your GMV is ten million dollars if when your revenue and and speak about it as if it's your main revenue when you're actually like a subscription business and you're trying to get ARR and you only have you know a couple hundred thousand in ARR. Don't just pick a flashy number to try to do it. You're going to get caught. They're going to see it. And this game is about trust building. And I, once again, I hope this goes without saying, but uh, it was one of the biggest, most impactful, just like good reminders that we're not trying to to be flashy. Say the number, pause, and let them ask questions. Brevity is your friend. This is a wonderful episode. If you're about to start fundraising for pre-seed seed series A, check it out. Here we go. Charlie, Eric, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And today, just like all the podcasts, it's just zooming into that one question. What is the most impactful thing that you can do as a founder to oversubscribe your round? And really excited to get your opinions as VCs on that. So uh, Eric, if you want to start us off, I'd love to go.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Adam. So uh, for me, this is pretty generally applicable. And so I like to recommend that people tell a story that makes sense either spoken as a deck, just read, or as a presented deck. And the way that you can kind of go about doing that is you talk about the key points uh, about your company, about what you're trying to do, Uh, and everyone has a different list of them. For me, it's the problem you're solving, why your solution for it is 10x better than anything out there, your team, market, product, and then you basically focus on what you actually need to do. So then your product roadmap, your distribution plan, what kind of traction you already have, and then what resources you need. And then for each of these things, if you would just have one sentence, just 10 words or less, uh, then that can be the story that you, that, that you tell. It can be literally the titles of the slide on your deck. And then in the body of the deck, then you of each slide rather, you basically can just add more details about each of those things. But that way you don't get caught in a moment where someone wants you to just have a conversation and have it be casual. But then if they want you to flip to a depth and you have everything prepared and still the exact same story, it's consistent, you can just pick up where you left off. And so like basically no matter what context you're speaking to, uh, with someone in, then you just have everything ready and you are just on top of your game and prepared.
0: Oh, that's good. So help me just break this apart in terms, of, so can you give us the the list again? It's problem, 10x better, focusing on what to do next, traction, resources. Is there anything else sure. in that I want?
1: Yeah, so for me, I, I, at least what I, I look for is, what problem are you actually solving? Why is your solution 10x better? And another way to think about it is, why is your solution going to solve this problem in, in an enduring way that basically gives your customer long-term value? And then, who's actually going to do it? What's your team look like today? And what's the market opportunity for this solution? And then that's basically like the table stakes, like regardless of what stage of funding you're at, that's like at least what I look to first. And then from there, I think about, okay, what do we actually need to do next in order to take this company either to the next level or to get it off the ground? And so that's basically like, what, are, what have we built and what are we going to be building the product roadmap? How are you going to get it in people's hands? Right, at first you can do things like use your network and use founder-led sales or product-led growth and things that usually don't scale, but sometimes do scale. Um, but then at some point you usually have to get either a sales team together or a marketing channels set up or things to actually get things into people's hands. And so what's your plan to do that? And then mm. basically from there we can talk about, okay, what have we actually done in each of those things so far what traction do we have? like how big is our user sample size so on and then what resources do we need to do the next 18 months to two years and basically 10x from here
0: i love this and I, and so it's it's trying to keep your deck in that same piece but it's not just using your deck right away it's you sense what kind of VC you are, what kind of caver- or what kind of VC you're interacting with and what kind of conversation they're prioritizing. And If it's very casual, yeah. then you have those points ready to go and a story for each of them. But if, if they yeah. want more formality, they want to go into the deck, you're able to just jump right there.
1: Yeah, and most of them will just tell you what, the, what they're looking for, right? But the idea is that for each of those things, you should have just a sentence that summarizes where you are for, for that thing. And then... You can always add more details, and you should. It's, you're running this business day to day; you're living and breathing this. You'll know the details. But structuring a story that works in any format is will basically captivate anyone, regardless of like what kind of context they want to be speaking to. You in. it will work at a cocktail party; it'll work during a board presentation.
0: Mm, that is really good. The the one thing I wanted to zoom in there is the team slide because um, just research that I've done and talking to other. PCs, it's like at the early stage, especially like pre-seed seed, it's 80 to 90% of the decision is based on the track record of the team. Is there anything else you would look for or like talk about in terms of that specific point?
1: Yeah. Well, so in terms of like sub details, in terms of things that either could go on a slide or could go in each of the team members' bios, um, there's many ways to scan it. But you basically want to think about like, okay, what experience do they have in this space? What kind of earned secrets do they have that, un- that other people are less likely to have? And then also, like, what kind of experience does the team have actually doing the things that need to be done to be successful in the space that they're operating in? That's, like, the framework that at least I think about teams in. And it's kind of hard. And, like, capturing all of that in a sentence is really, really difficult, especially in 10 words or less. <laughs> so I'm, really I, it's definitely not. It's, it's way easier said than done. But there's like, that's why this kind of takes, this kind of stuff takes time. It requires thought. Uh, and you can also basically just like work with people either in your, 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 friends, friendly VCs who have already invested to like start bouncing these things back and forth and iterating on them. There, there, no, no, no one comes out of the gate pitching really, really well
2: at the beginning of a round.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. And Charlie, what, did you have a perspective adjacent to that or around that?
2: Well, Eric did a really good job highlighting the the way that we think about it at Bling is kind of these six categories that we think that companies get mostly evaluated on. Heuristically, it's like product market fit, monetization, scalable distribution, the team, unit economics. And I I think I'm missing one in there. Uh, It has escaped me. Um, the I think so, Eric highlighted on the things to do. I think maybe it'll be more helpful to focus on like the things not to do via negativa. Uh, so, I think one of the issues that founders run into is when you don't either have the metrics or do not have the story, you usually end up with a lot more words and a lot more things to say. So, practicing your pitch so that you are concise and you're also using plain English, there there's a heuristic that when you start using buzzwords, that usually means that there's not enough substance behind the words that you're using. So via negative, like don't use buzzwords, use plain English. Um, also making sure that the, the cadence of the pitch moves, but also allow for flexibility in conversation. You can tell the founder is buttoned up with their pitch uh, when you can tell that they're hitting, it's got a cadence to it. And you could just tell by going through so many pitches that you can kind of tell a founder has been practicing and they know their story inside and out, using a lot of the things that Eric mentioned. So they, they don't go in there for a VC for the first time, for the first time pitching. Definitely practice. Practice with your co-founder. Pitch back and forth. Maybe your co-founder has a different way of putting something in to the pitch that you haven't thought about. So going back and forth and getting it so it's got a good cadence. And I think the last one is not hiding or padding things about your business. So don't do that because eventually enough questions of why eventually gets down to, okay, so we were padding it or this thing that you were saying is not true. Make sure, you know, also the metrics, don't say that you have revenue of $10 million when you actually like, maybe that's just your GMV and your revenue is something much less. Um, So don't, uh, so kind of know that don't, don't kind of misspeak on some of the key business terms. Don't, Ramble on about some of the stuff using, um, buzzwords and not plain speak and don't pad numbers or things because eventually enough why's are going to get to it. And it, it's just, at the end of the day, it doesn't look bad. It's better just for everything out there through the story and what we call kind of suspending disbelief. So for example, if things aren't going smoothly, which is fine, but at least saying like things are going smoothly, but we think that this is a thing and we've done this piece in order to kind of test why we think it's going to be better in this next round that shows that you've thought deeply about the problem, you've realized the problem and you have some solutions and pathways to fix them. That's incredible.
0: And there, There's nothing more frustrating than like the padding thing you were talking about because it's like, I think entrepreneurs can get just naturally to like be a great founder. You're always potentially selling a little bit ahead of where you are in terms of like, we're building out, this is a vision of where we're going, but it's so easy for that to turn into like, act just straight up deception, even if they don't mean to do that. And so it's like, hey, like that's not your number, and don't try to tell me that your GMV is your net ARR or whatever you're doing. You know, so I, um, I really appreciate that. Are there any other kind of pet peeves that you've had um, in in that light? Um,
2: I wouldn't say pet peeves, but perhaps one that founders should be on the lookout for is, don't try to create uh, uh, FOMO, if there is nothing on it, like certainly you try to move around the long, you want to close as fast as possible. Just know that if, if you're saying that you're going to close actually be closing, if you say you're going to get a term sheet actually have a term sheet because then if uh, a VC sees that maybe, you know, they're, they're not so excited. And then maybe you come back two weeks later and you say, you are know, you still interested, but, but if we thought you had a term sheet. So there's a fine line between trying to create the urgency in order to close the round, which as a former uh, founder myself, like I totally get it. You want to close the round, but you also don't want to misrepresent where you actually are in the process and just be open and upfront, because this is a relationship you're going to build with this VC. It's not a transaction. And so you want to make sure that you're not starting off with misrepresenting something as true, even though it's not true.
0: So good. Well, thank you so much. Eric, did you have any last things you wanted to to point out?
1: Yeah, no. So in terms of like speaking clearly, like reframing some of those things as dues, like if someone asks something, you can just say the answer, right? You can give context to it, but start just with like the plain English answer and then add the context from there. You can basically say, Hey, it looks okay. This is where we are this is how we're going to change it. This is what we've learned, right? Like you, you, you can say the exact same thing in a way that shows that you're in learning mode and that you're still figuring it out. And everyone at this stage, especially pre seed, season and A, knows that there's going to be bright spots, there's going to be dark spots, and everyone's looking for the bright spots and for the ways that this could work. And so similarly, uh, like fundraising is a lot about momentum. And so there are things where like, once you do get a lead or once you do get some like, really value-added angels who are the initial commits, you can work with them to help create that momentum to go and put yourself out there to get more conversations going. And you can strategize with the people in your network to go, go and do those things. Um, and, then you don't even, and then it will probably not, not even occur to you to have to like, create the illusion of them.
2: Eric made a really good point answer the question. Like if there's a question, it's usually being asked because either the the investor or when you get to sales, like a, a customer has a pointed question, it may be padded through some layers, but just answer the question and then just kind of stop and, and wait for a follow-up. You don't need to go on and explain everything in, uh, about why the answer is the way it is. If there's a pointed question, just answer it. I think this, this was drilled into us in the early days of YC when, when they were like, just consult brevity is your friend.
0: So good. And it takes a lot of confidence in what you're doing to say something that might not be in what you think that they want to hear or like the, where you should be, but to just say it and pause. I could learn a lot on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we all can it actually forces sure. it, it will force the investor to ask more questions because no one wants silence so yeah, do you and like right
1: now? <laughs> well and even for me like that's this is one of the pieces of feedback that i get almost most frequently from our jp ben like one sentence 10 words oh. or less
0: <laughs> so good that's so good, guys. This has been a pleasure. I know, uh, yeah, I just, I'm excited to stay in touch with you. If, if I'm a founder,
2: um, what's the best way to reach out to you? Is it LinkedIn or Twitter? Actually, the best way to reach us is to email us decks at blingcap.com. If you want to uh, send us your presentation, as well as some as links to your LinkedIn. So don't just send an email. We'd love to see your deck as well. Uh, we'll review it. All the team gets it. Uh, you can find us uh, on uh, BlinkApp.com. We have two general partners now: Ben Ling, Kyle Liu, and we have an entire team behind it. I don't know, Eric, you want to add some?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's the best way. Like everyone on our investment team gets everything sent to Dex. We read all of it, um, and we respond to all of it.
0: So good. And is there a specific kind of company that you're looking for that you'd like to shout out to, like that you?
1: Yeah, uh, we're pretty sector agnostic. So anything precedes seed, uh, even a bit of A. And uh, yeah, we've basically got uh, help people go from zero to one in lots of different verticals. So we're happy to talk to pretty much anyone.
0: Awesome. Charlie, Eric, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Top VC, where we talk to the best founders and VCs and ask them one question. What's the most impactful thing to oversubscribe your next round? I do this because I know how hard it is to be a founder. I was one for about nine years, small success, a lot of failures, joined a venture capital fund, and got to see the different perspectives of sitting on that other side of that table. The heart of this podcast was to help the best founders who know the fundamentals of their business, who know their industry, but don't know how to play necessarily the game. And I hate to say that, but there is gamification to raising money, no matter, no matter how you put it. Most VCs will just say, build a great company, which is of course true. But in a world where everyone's building great companies, how do you differentiate? That's what this podcast is about. So stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you for listening.